0: Welcome on, and ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Let's Go Racing with David Starks. Tyler Jones, here with you. So glad to have you with us for episode number five. Today, we are going to focus on David's time in the NASCAR Cup Series and NASCAR Xfinity Series, where he is currently racing. We'll dive into that discussion and more coming up in just a bit. Also, we will have the latest NASCAR news and notes, and everyone's favorite segment, Ask David coming up at the end of the show. The one and only David Starr with us right now. David, hope you had a good Christmas, my friend. What's going on?
1: Man, how you guys doing, man? I'm doing great, and Christmas was beautiful, you know, like it always is. And uh, even during the pandemic, you know, and with COVID, uh, it was still a a great Christmas for uh, myself and my family, and I hope it was for all our listeners
0: and you guys as well. Dominic, uh, hope you're doing well, man. Dominic Oregon of the RacingExperts.com. Tell us about uh, your Christmas holiday, brother.
2: Hey, thanks, Tyler. Thanks, Dave. Wow, five shows in, right? Very amazing. It's just flying so fast. But yeah, Christmas was awesome. We got to spend a lot of good time with my mom and dad, my brother Martin, who you all met last week. We got to spend that with my grandparents and my mom's sister family. So we we really had a good. We always do some stuff on Christmas Eve. So we got to meet for dinner, and then we got to continue it on to Christmas Day. So, despite everything that's been going on this year, I think for us it was just a really big year to to look back, and we're very thankful for all the the blessings that God has blessed on us.
0: That's uh, fantastic, Dominic. Glad you had a great Christmas as well as with uh, you, David. I certainly did myself. Enjoyed being with the family back home in uh, Tulsa, and uh, now I'm back to Kansas, packing up stuff before I head out to Omaha later this week. So that and is. So Tyler, Tyler, you got a big week ahead of you, man. Oh my God! Very exciting. Yeah, very exciting. A crazy week, but uh, <laughs> enough about me. Let's uh, let's focus on the star, David Star. And, well,
1: hey, Tyler, uh, let's let's, man. I want to, uh, you know, during during talk about Christmas a little bit more. Uh, man, it, it was great Christmas Eve. Man, I had my mom and dad, and and my brother, and uh, uncle, and aunts, and. Uh, you know, they, they all showed up at my house and we had a little Christmas Eve, uh, Christmas together, which it was a tra- tradition we do. And uh, my sister was on her way and uh, she had all our kids uh, tested. You know, uh, she just with my mom and dad coming up to Dallas from Houston, Texas, uh, you know, we wanted to make sure that the, the older ones that everybody uh, everybody was tested and, and, and clear. And uh so my sister had tested her kids and little Chase, who was nine or ten, uh the results came back, he was positive. So that kind of uh that kind of threw us for a little bit of a loop right there before everybody came over. But uh unfortunately they wouldn't hurt my sister and her kids wouldn't able to show up for uh Christmas Eve to have Christmas with us, but uh her husband and uh, everybody else did and uh unfortunately that happens and uh again you know it was good to know that because my parents and my aunt who are a little bit older were in town and obviously with y'all's parents and yeah. all the all the older people and any anybody you know ourselves uh nobody wants to get COVID if you can help it right uh so anyway that was kind of crazy but man for me uh waking up uh christmas morning was always special you know santa claus showed up and golly man it uh he didn't disappoint you know the looked like the elves were working they were busy up there at the north pole you know and uh putting together toys and stuff but man what a beautiful christmas it was for my family and i know it was for everybody and you guys too so oh. a lot of fun when you got little ones you know when santa shows up
0: oh yeah, yeah. i imagine yes that's uh, that's fantastic uh I, I know what you mean david uh, my mom and sister ended up uh testing positive and uh my uncle did too so we didn't get to have a big family gathering of sorts like we normally would but uh you know nonetheless this time still makes you remember the important things of thankful to have family and to enjoy the holidays when you can with uh one another and uh dominic i know you had a a good time as well there in uh, new mexico uh you did you guys get a white christmas i know you had some snow recently too right
2: we didn't get a white christmas but i believe some of the northern parts of the state ended up we're actually going to be getting snow later this week so it's a few days late but we'll have like a, a white new year's eve new year's day
0: <laughs> i like it i like it that's cool that's cool they
1: even call it for a little snow here in dallas texas so that's kind of unique Doesn't happen often but uh but anyway, it's uh, supposed to come tomorrow or the next day, so we'll, we'll see what happens.
0: Well, well David, uh, today we want to focus on your time in the Xfinity and the Cup Series where uh, you've made a number of starts. Currently, right now, you've been racing uh, most recently in the Xfinity Series. Let's start there. The NASCAR Xfinity Series, I know it's been known by about 100 different names from the Xfinity Series <laughs> nationwide, Bush, Bush Grand National, whatever you want to call it but the racing has been really good over the years. We've seen some big changes to this series of limiting the cup drivers of how many races they can be a part of and, you know, adding the playoff element, the dash for cash, all these different things. Just t- tell us first off about the Xfinity series. What has it meant to you? And uh, what, what do you think of the state of the series right now after uh, all the changes it's been through all these years?
1: Man, you know the Bush Series. You know everybody. You know Bush Series. Obviously, it's the Xfinity Series, but you know a lot of people know it as the Bush Series. It was the Bush Grand National Series for so long. Uh, but man, our Xfinity Series is just a wonderful series. Uh, you know, when I first uh, made it into NASCAR years years ago uh, into Truck Series, you were just you know people would always say, "Hey, why trucks? You know, why the Truck Series? You know," and I said, "Well." When I had my opportunity to to drive myself into NASCAR, that was the opportunity I had. You know what I mean. And uh, the Truck Series really opened up the door the door for a lot a lot of drivers that had the ability and the talent and got the opportunity. You know. But once I got into NASCAR and established myself as a, a a true racer in the Truck Series. Uh, You know, I wanted more than that, you know, even though I was just so thankful and uh, so blessed and so proud of uh, to be racing in NASCAR and be making a living at it. You know, it was, uh, you know, your ultimate dream as a kid is to, you know, race in the NASCAR Cup Series, you know, Winston Cup, uh, Sprint Cup, whatever you want to call it. It's been through changes as well. So, you know, uh, racing trucks and winning races and being a top guy for a long time opportunities would come, you know, and uh, looking back on it, you know, Jay Robinson gave me some opportunities to run in the Xfinity Series, Bush Series back then, uh, you know, uh, uh, had opportunities with uh, uh, with Wayne Day from, uh, uh, from the Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee area, and, uh, you know, there were opportunities that, that came my way, and I took advantage of some of them because I wanted to get my feet wet in the cars, you know what I mean? I mean, we all, when you talk about stock car racing, you know, you want to race stock cars, you know, but, uh, so, uh, there was, there was opportunities that came my way. I took advantage of some of them. Some of them I should have took advantage of and should have took, but I didn't. That would have put me full time in that series then, but I was, uh, chasing a championship in the truck series. And I, uh, I, at the time, I didn't think I was worthy or, or, uh, you know, my mindset at the time was uh, win a championship, prove yourself in the truck series, and then you graduate into the next series, with, which would have been the Xfinity Series, but I have always competed, you know, two, three, four races in the Bush Series over the years, and uh, you know, I don't remember what year it was back, 2000, uh, you know, 13, 14, 15, finally made the jump to go full-time in the Xfinity Series, but you know, I, I, as, as all of us racers, for the racers that are listening to us, and as a racer, we like to compete, you know what I mean? We want to compete. We want to be in great equipment. We want to work with great engineers and great crew chiefs, uh, but we want to win and compete. So I, I, I didn't matter if I was racing trucks or the, or the Bus Series or the Xfinity Series or even the Cup Series, uh, just to be able to race at that level make a living at it was awesome you know what I mean and uh you know I don't remember I think I stayed in the NASCAR camping world truck series for 16 years uh might have been 17 uh but man when I finally made that that jump full-time into the Xfinity series man I never really looked back to the truck series because uh I don't know I just uh, appreciated it racing the cars the competition was the same I don't care what series you race in NASCAR the competition is tough and every competitor racing in the nascar truck series or the xfinity series or the cup series you know to earn your way there usually you're a champion not just one time but two or three times wherever you know from whatever part of the country you're from but uh but man i love truck racing i, I really love the xfinity series and i just love nascar it's just a very competitive but uh but that that bush series xfinity series very competitive and you see these kids or people winning these championships and the Xfinity series and they become superstars in the cup series, you know? So I, I really still think that the truck series and the Xfinity Xfinity series is like a stepping stone getting to the cup series, the ultimate, you know, everybody's ultimate goal. You know what I'm saying?
2: Well, and, Like You're you're absolutely right there. Whatever you want to call right? The Nationwide Series, the Bush Series. Let's go back to 2014. You were running some races part-time in that series, and you never want to say, oh, one race kind of defines somebody, but I think a breakout race for you that year was the Talladega race, running for Mark Smith in the 44 car. You were leading laps within 10 laps to go and finished in the top 10. Take us back to that day. The Whataburger-sponsored 44 car. How important was that race for you and being able to get more races that year and eventually go full-time with that team?
1: Well, you know, Mark Smith of TriStar Motorsports, you know, he, uh, we've been buddies for a long time. You know, Mark owned Pro Motors, and, uh, you know, Mark's motors have won a lot of races in NASCAR, and I don't care if it was the Xfinity Series or the Truck Series, even the Cup Series. You know, Mark was building great engines, and, uh, you know, just thinking back, Ron Hornaday won a championship, you know, and had Mark Smith Motors under the hood of of that team. Um uh, so, you know, Mark was always a great friend, and we respected each other. And and finally, we were talking one day in the garage. He said, man, you ought to come over and drive a, you know, Xfinity race for me. I said, man, I'd love to. And, man, we went over there, and, uh, you know, he had two or three different drivers at the time. He had a big team, and Mike Bliss was, uh, you know, one of the guys that I've raced in the, in the truck series for a long time. And Mike was over there driving for Mark Smith on the Xfinity side and running, running good, running really well. And I think Eric McClure was also another driver, Blake Cook. And when Mark gave me the invitation to come over, run, over, run a couple races, you know, uh, man, his cars were fast. And, uh, man, we ran good for the for the equipment and the budget that we were working on at the time, you know. And I remember talking to Mark, you know, I think we finished, I don't know, 15, 16, 14th and ran really well in a race. And, you know, Mark said, you ought to consider you know, coming over here racing full time with me, he said, uh, think with you know, all the partners you have currently and us working together, we could probably build a, a pretty good team together, you know? And, uh, at the time, Toyota really helped us a whole lot. And Mark would say, you know, when you're driving my cars, you know, we feel like Toyota brings more knowledge and more information to us when you're in one of my cars, you know? But, uh, but, you know, most people, I don't know if most people know this, but, uh, you know, when I was driving for TriStar, we we wasn't a caliper team that was a winning team. I would say we were probably a 13th to 20th place team every week, you know, and uh, with the budget we had to work on. Uh, but, you know, when we went to Daytona and we went to Talladega, you know, that's the great equalizer. You know, I always say, you know, Bristol, Martinsville, racetracks where you have to use the brakes, do a little finesse, you know, you got to drive the car, um, uh, you know, it kind of puts it in the driver's seat per se. And, and when, especially when you go to Daytona and Talladega, it's the great equalizer. So, you know, every time I would drive one of Mark's cars at a super speedway, whether it be Daytona or Talladega, we always re- really was in the mix right there at the end of having a shot at winning a race, you know, with a team that usually didn't have a shot. And, uh, so, man, that day was special. Uh, you know, I remember running these super speedway races in, in one of Mark, in Mark's cars. And I always remember trying to make sure, you know, that particular day, I think I had Joey Legato. You know, if I could get one of those powerhouse teams, a Penske team or, a, you know, a team that had Hendrick power underneath the hood or an RCR car behind me, you know what I mean? I could keep them behind me if I worked it just right and they would bump draft you or push you. And man, I think that particular race, uh, I, I think Casey Kane, I think it was Casey Kane. We worked well together that race. And, uh, and he did a lot of pushing and, uh, man, I, I kept him behind us. and so we ran up front and almost had a shot of winning the race. Uh, y'all know how it is when it comes down the last two or three laps of Daytona and Talladega is every man for itself, you know, and you're blocking and, and trying to do the, the right thing. And, uh, but, man, it was just driving for mark on those super speedways. We had a shot three or four, maybe five times of winning, and that, that's all you can ask for, you know what I mean, for a team that's under budget like we were. But, man, I, I remember and, and cherish those moments like, uh, like they were yesterday because, uh, you know, when, when you work on the budgets that we obviously work on, it uh, uh, doesn't give you an opportunity week in and week out to have the type of equipment or the people. Or you have to work within the budget that you have, and unfortunately, we you know our budgets over the years hasn't been you know ten or eight or seven million dollars. It's been a lot less, but uh, but I think driving for TriStar and running those super speedway races really, uh, you know, we, we felt good about when the race ended and where we where we ended at because uh, they knew we were there and we almost won several of them. You know, it was pretty cool,
0: David Starr. Joining us here on Let's Go Racing with David Starts, Otler Jones, alongside Dominic Aragon, as we're talking about David's days in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, uh, which is where he's currently racing right now. David, you've made over 200 starts in your 15, season, in 15 seasons in the Xfinity Series. And one of the things I noticed from just talking to you, doing interviews when you'd come to Kansas Speedway this past year and such, was just the respect level you have an admiration for these young guys like the, you know, Austin Cendricks or Chase Briscoe's of the world, just that, uh, you know, the respect level that's there is, is that something that you look at with these guys is that, you know, just an admiration of sorts that, you know, wow, this, this guy, can you tell from your vantage point, the guys that are going to be elite that are going to be stars and such Is there that, Respect level go both ways? Do you do you get to uh you know exchange notes or exchange words? Have some advice for those young guys at times. What's it like just being around some of these young guys and, and and seeing them move up?
1: Man, there's just there's so much talent, you know, not only in the truck series, but the Xfinity series. And you mentioned their names, Noah Grayson, uh Ross Chastain. I mean, you know, just on and on and on. Uh, you know, you uh, you know, Ryan C. You just go on and on and on. These guys are. These guys are really good and uh, they have a great car control. Uh, you know, and it just comes down to how their car is handling and the situation they put themselves in towards the end of the race. But, you know, uh, <clears throat> the respect thing, you know, when they come up to you and they ask you questions about, you know, how your car drives later on when when you lose fuel loads and when your tires wear out you know during practice and after practice and maybe before qualifying some of these guys are one of these races when they walk up to you and ask you questions about you know current times or how my car is doing or ask me advice on things you know it's it's pretty cool you know because you know they they said man we used to watch you you know you're always always one of those top dogs in the truck series we watched you for a long time you know and before we even made it to NASCAR and and now that they're there and now that they've been fortunate enough to be driving for, uh, you know, for uh, Richard Richard Childress or uh, Roger Penske or, uh, you know, Jack Rouse, uh, you know, it's kind of cool to have that respect there. But I watch them race on the racetrack. I race them hard. I race I race them with respect. You know, everybody, you know, it's like we all have jobs to do and our job is to beat and bang and to get everything out of the equipment we have, you know, and, uh, you know, if I got a 20th place car, I mean, I'm going to try to get 16th, you know, that's just the, what's built inside of us. But, you know, the guys that are racing these cars that, that can win these races, uh, you know, when they, when they're, uh, you know, if they lap you, you know, I, I'm going to make sure I give them plenty of room. And, and, uh, you know, I know when they're coming around to lap me, my spotter's telling me, Hey, you know, the leaders are coming, and we're racing, you know. I'm racing for 15th place, 16th place, and you know, I'm racing to stay on the lead lap as well. You know, and we got, you know, just because we're not first and second or in the top five or the top ten, you know, we're picking on a heck of a race for 15th, 16th, 17th. You know, we're racing hard, but you know, I'll always make sure that I respect the leaders and I re- and I race everybody hard. Is is like like they want to be raced. You know what I mean? I mean. You're going to trade paint. You're going to beat and bang. But, you know, they they can know that uh, I, I'm going to go in the corner and I'm not going to hit them on the left rear. I'm not going to give them a dirty shot. I'm going to race them hard, but as clean as I possibly can. And I think over the years, you know, you gain that respect and the things happen. But, man, I have a lot of drivers that I race with that, that aren't racing for the wins, that are that racing hard. They always come up to me, man, start with. We love racing with you because man, he races hard, you know? I said, well, hell, that's what we're supposed to do. You know what I mean? We're supposed to race hard, you know, all the way back if you're racing for dead last, you know what I mean? Nobody wants to be last. You want to be, you know, want to beat three or four guys. We're all racing hard, but with respect, you know? But I think a lot of these guys that that are winning the races in the the Xfinity series and winning championships, uh, you know, there is, like I said, there's a lot of talent we have right now. You'll see them on the Cup Series and, and, you know, years come being superstars there. But, you know, when when a lot of these guys that are winning races, and they come up to you and ask you questions. You know, it makes you feel good, you know. And they say, hey, we watched you for a long time. They're getting some advice from you. You know, that that's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool deal.
2: Is there anyone right now, Dave, that you're watching that, Maybe in the Xfinity Series or Truck Series, maybe they're not in the top tier equipment right now. But you think, you know what? Five, ten down years down the road, these guys are going to be something to deal with in the Cup Series each week. Is there somebody you yeah. have your eye on right now, or a couple man, of guys you, know, you have your eye on?
1: There's so many, you know. I, I uh, Tommy Joe Martin, you know, he's a he's a you know he's a hard charger in the Xfinity Series, and uh, man, you know, everybody, you know, what people don't realize, and and uh, you know, some of my friends, and I hear people say, you know, like. You know, why does that guy keep? Why does he keep out there? You know, he's always twenty fifth, twenty eighth, eighth. You know what? People don't understand. That's the equipment he has. That's 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 the engines he has. That's you know, that's the best that he has under the circumstances he's under at this point in time of his career. But man, you got to stay after it. You got to race hard. The people on the inside, we know. I mean, we know, you guys know, you know when drivers take a 25th place truck or car and they finish 15th, <clears throat> you know where that's coming from. It's coming from the guy driving it, you know what I mean? And uh, you see that there's a lot of them out there. Everybody's good, you know what I mean? It's just the the, the, the team you're with, the budget you have to work on. But, man, I just – I enjoy, it, you know, and a lot of people know that the teams i race for, they're not winning teams. But, man, let me tell you, when I show up at the racetrack, drive through the tunnel, you know, in my mindset, it's like, man, I'm coming to win that day. The reality of it is, you know, at best, if we finish, you know, in the top 10, 8th, ninth or 10th, I'm going to pull into victory lane with the leader. You know, the, 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 they're probably going to be watching, saying, man, what is this guy doing? You know what I mean? Because with the budget that we're working on, we actually won the race. You know what I'm saying? Because... A lot of these teams are just you know it's nine day difference on the, on the budget you know what I mean and uh, you know not only myself but the teams that I've been involved with on the last three or four years, you know a lot of people don't know that when we make pit stops you know we're not bolting on a brand new sticker a brand new set of tires we're bolting on a, a set of tires that has 20 laps on it already you know what I mean and I'm not just the only one you know I, I'm uh, you know there's a lot of other people in that situation but man we're all racing hard. And I always make sure I have respect for the, for the guys that are running for the win. make sure you give them enough room. But, uh, but, you know, I had an encounter one time this, uh, this past year with one of the top, I won't mention any names, but, you know, I think he was running third and I was trying and I was running for the lucky dog. You know what I mean? I was racing a guy hard because I was trying to be the first one to get back on the lead lap. If you're the first car down a lap and, uh, you know, I saw I, I gave room through the leaders. First and second came by. And, man, I'm racing somebody really hard. And, uh, unfortunately, the third-place guy, we kind of got in his way. And sometimes you just have to make a decision, you know, what you're going to do. But, you know, we're all out there racing hard. And, you know, I figured if he was fast enough to lap us, you know, that he could figure out how to get by us. And, uh, you know, it took him a while, and he didn't appreciate it. And after the race, he came over and, and we discussed it a little bit, you know, and I uh, I assured him that I saw him and I was watching him, but I was trying to make sure that I was going to stay ahead of the guy I was racing to get the lucky dog, you know, and, and, uh, you know, he just said, I wouldn't imagine that coming from somebody like yourself, you know? And I said, well, like, I said, well, look, anytime you want to jump in my race car, and then let me jump in your race car. When you're ready to do that, I'll definitely uh, make that, you know, make that exchange with you, you know, when you're ready. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you would have been in my shoes and driving the car I was racing, uh, you know, I think you would have done the same thing. It wasn't like we wrecked the guy. We just held him up a little bit. And I actually got the lucky dog and it all worked out. So it was kind of interesting, you know, different people's perspective, you know, so, yeah. So everybody's racing hard and there's a lot of young good talent in NASCAR and the truck series and the Xfinity series. And, uh, you know, you see, uh, the, the people watching on TV doesn't always get to see, you know, the guy, you know, the good guys. I mean, there's a lot of hard racing going on in the back of the field where people don't get to see. And, and, uh, you know, I know the guys that are really good because I know the type of equipment they have and what they're doing with it. You know
0: what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. David, uh, you mentioned earlier that the goal for everybody is to get up to the cup series and race in NASCAR's highest level. And I believe you attempted to uh, get in a cup car for the first time back in 2003 at Texas. And it wasn't until 2011 that you finally made your first official start. And you qualified at Texas. Was there a sense of accomplishment of sorts, you know, that, that you made it a, a, of some kind when, when you finally did get to make that start there in 2011 in the Levine car for, uh, there at Texas motor speedway. Man, you know, you just, you're always
1: thankful for the opportunities, you know, and, uh, you know, Bob Levine, uh, you know, the news of, uh, him, uh, I think he's been in NASCAR for 10 years now. Unfortunately, he, uh, he sold his team and, and, and got out of the sport. That's something that's really new. Christopher Bell drove for him, uh, his final year this year in 2020. But, uh, you know, when that, when that situation happened, uh, Bob Levine and, uh, another good friend of mine, Lance Fenton, they were my sponsors, uh, years ago. And, uh, they helped me race, you know, along with so many other people and companies. Uh, they came to me one time, Lance Fenton came to me and he said, Hey, me and Bob been talking and we want to, we want to see you run a cup race or two, you know? And, uh, not only do we want to see you do it, we want to own the car, you know what I mean, we want to, we want to kind of start a small cup team, so anyway, once, once they did that, a lot of things transpired, but they actually came together, and they built their own cup team, it was called uh, Levine Fenton Racing, and brought on Raleigh Rogers as a crew chief, and our first race week that we showed up at to attempt to qualify was the Texas Motor Speedway, and man, the to make that race at my home track was really special and really cool, and and we were pretty competitive. You know, we ended up. Uh, you know, I learned a lot about those cars quickly. Uh, 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 we came on turn four, and man, I, I I was racing somebody, and I brushed the wall a little bit with the right with the right rear tire, and it was just enough to bend the bend the track bar. I think we bent the track bar, and we bent the right rear shock and, uh, the car wasn't driving that great, and they said, hey, you need to pit, and they pit, and they said, hey, we think we ought to call it a day, because it's not worth it, uh, with the car that things are bent, bent up underneath it, uh, you know, jeopardize, wrecking the car, hurting the car, and, uh, you know, maybe maybe jeopardizing one of the leaders out there, so, but we ran half the race, and man, what a, that was really a cool, uh, that was real cool, you know, that was, uh, that was really cool, and, uh, And to see what Bob Levine went on to do in his career as a NASCAR owner was really special, you
2: know. Yeah, and you made four starts that year in the Cup Series. And when I think back to circling back is Bristol in August. That was the first time you'd run to the distance in a Cup Series race. But more importantly, you did lead two laps that night. Do you remember ever leading that race? I know it was during a cycle of green flag pit stops. But did you ever sit there for a second and think, wow, I'm leading a Cup race? Or did they ever relay that info to you?
1: It was kind of cool, you know, just small stuff that happened. You know, like at the driver's, uh, the driver intros, going back to the, our first race at Texas, you know, uh, I remember Jeff Jeff Gordon came over and he said, man, I, I knew you'd eventually get here, you know. I said, well, man, Jeff, I appreciate that. He said, well, I've been watching you for a long time and I'm surprised it took this long. And I thought that was kind of a compliment coming from Jeff Gordon, you know, because uh, he was a friend and, and just uh, somebody I really looked up to and I thought he, he he had done a lot for our industry, our sport, you know, I mean, he was on Kelly and Regis, you know, he's on national, you know, he just did so much that brought so many new eyes to our sport. And, uh, you know, I really just respected Jeff Gordon and, and to, to kind of be, be we befriended each other and to have him say something like that to me was really something I always kept near and dear to me and don't talk about it much, but that was kind of a cool thing. And, and you mentioned the Bristol race, you know, Bristol was cool, you know, cause uh, we'd have always run strong there in the truck series. And, uh, you know, I remember, uh, you know, you, our car was really good and I remember uh, having a great car, you know, we usually ran the bottom of the little racetrack, but our car on that particular day, were really good up, up against the wall. You know, I could really charge, drive off into the corner real good. It float up to the wall and man, that thing would rotate and I'd get back to the gas and man, it has some good forward bite and man, it was awesome. You know, I, I, I uh, one of the things I remember about that race, I don't remember leading those laps, Dominic, like you were saying, but I think Tony Stewart followed me for about 50 laps. You know what I mean? A long time. And, uh, you know, he, I could feel him back there. He was beating and banging on my rear bumper, but he couldn't pass me because I had the preferred line and my car rotated well and I could get back to the gas quicker. And man, I'd shoot off the corner. I had really good forward bite, you know, traction off the corner. And, uh, so I held him. I don't know if I held him. It was called it's racing to me, you know, we're racing and, uh, I remember when the race was over with and I felt pretty good about the race we had and about as a new team. I thought that was uh, that was a really big step with our team at the time. You know, I really thought that we all should be proud of what we accomplished. And uh, it was like 10 minutes that I got to the race car. I, I was talking to Bob Levine and I talked to my crew chief. And the next thing I know, I turned around and Tony Stewart was right there in my face, you know, and uh, he said, man, I, I uh, you know, he said, hey, Star, we, we buddies and everything. But, hey, man, when I'm beating on your bumper like that, when you know that, you know, there's a faster car back there, you know, you should have kind of let me go, you know. And uh, I said, hey, Tony, I know that. And, uh, you know, I I respect when I'm beating on somebody's bumper for 20 laps they they give me a little bit you know what i'm saying but i said hey man you know i, I apologize i said hey tony I, first of all i'm sorry i did that but i said man i was excited because i was holding you off dude and uh and you know what i mean for uh for me to build to whole tony stewart off for 50 laps you know man i was i was living it up you know and i was honest with him and i told him and, and he said hey you're gonna continue to race with us you know uh You know, on his cup side, you know, you got to understand when to let people go, when to not let them go. And I said, uh, well, I can assure you next time that you're beating and banging on my rear bumper, I'm going to give you a little bit more space than I did tonight. But, you know, I just want him to understand it was a big moment for me. And I I wasn't going to just move over and let him go. I was going to hold him off as long as I could, you know. And we laugh and talk about it now, you know what I mean. But uh, that was just a special time, you know, for us to be that competitive. Of, of that new of a team on the cup side and it was really cool you know so that's what I really remember about racing for Bob Levine and, and that Bristol cup race was just you know Tony never could get by me and I could see the frustration I could feel the frustration in him, you know with that rear bumper but I, I wasn't about to pull over and let him go by even though that would have been the right thing to do you know we were we were on the same lap and we were racing for, for position and uh <laughs> And just, uh, it was pretty cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is uh, too cool, David. Uh, In the 10 starts you made in the Cup Series, you got to race some of the biggest races. We mentioned the Bristol Night Race, the Brickyard 400. Your Xfinity days, you've run Daytona, Talladega, and had top 10 finishes at those places. What's it like stepping into these upper echelon of races or bigger name tracks of sorts, your Daytonas, Talladega's, Darlington's, you know, the, the Coke 600 at Charlotte, or, you know, we mentioned Brickyard 400. What, what does it mean for you? Is there a certain level of step up that you get when you enter some of those bigger name races or bigger known tracks of sorts? Man, man, Tyler, that's a great question. And, and here's why <clears throat>
1: Ever since I've been a little boy, you know, I still have the library books. I still have them in my office from the library from uh, Stovall Junior High or you know, my high school days of reading about Richard Petty and, you know, and A.J. And, uh, Foyt and David Pearson and, you know, Darlington, South Carolina, you know, uh, Daytona, Talladega, you know, Indianapolis Motor Speedway you know, you've read about these racetracks and how big these races are. And, you know, I I had an opportunity to run some of those races, you know, over time when I was already established in the sport and been a NASCAR driver for a while. But, you know, it's, um, you know, it's, it's just something that, and personally, I don't share this with a lot of people, but, you know, when you're on pit road or, you're in the garage you're getting ready to practice <clears throat> or you're going to qualify right before the race starts, you know, it's just, you know, you're just so thankful, you know what I mean? Almost to bring you to tears, you know, and uh, it, it's, it has that much meaning to it. <clears throat> you know, I can assure you that, uh, you know, am I digging a little bit harder for that race because it's, it is the Indianapolis Motor Speedway racetrack or the Brickyard 400. I can assure you not because man, anytime I drive, I jump in a race car, man I'm giving it all I got and just because it's Darlington or Dayton or or the Indianapolis Motor Speedway don't don't you know I'm not going to say that there's a little bit more I left on the table or, or had I mean I, I give it all I got every time I get in a race car but uh but man just the self you know like I said it's hard you know it's like a tennis player you know you grow up as a kid and, and that's the sport you love your dad was involved your mom and dad played it this is something that you just dreamed of and you practice you know, you know you go through school college and you're playing select tennis but man when you finally finally make it and man one day you find yourself playing at Wimbledon you know what I mean you know people that you know you don't even have to win Wimbledon but you're there competing you know what I mean it's just golly it just there's so much meaning for you, for you. It's just hard to describe it. You know what I mean? What uh, your personal, you know, what what it means. I can assure you that it, it means everything to me. I don't really ever, you know, uh, talk about what it means, but I can assure you it's really, really, really special.
0: Yeah, well, and, and uh, just from a journalist standpoint, Dominic and I, when we've covered these big races, we've kind of felt that same sense of, arrival that we're here um it, it's pretty special uh to say the least uh, so I, I totally get where you're coming from dominic uh let's uh let's talk sim racing shall we
2: sure well before we talk some sim racing i just got to add on to that i know what you guys mean because like going to the daytona 500 or just going to any race in in general nascar is not big here in the state of new mexico so it's awesome i i feel like i'm representing or having new mexico on the stage there because there's not a lot of people from our state that that do go to the races and there's not a lot of competitors from here so it's something i take a lot of pride in and, and the guys from espn radio albuquerque when they work with us and when they go to the track i know they take a lot of pride in that too like, hey we're the only guys from new mexico here but yeah there's there's that, that pride that comes with being from the land of enchantment for sure and you know- david kind of touched on some stuff from Earlier this year, and we had the pandemic and the two-month break with NASCAR, we saw a lot of the guys hop on iRacing and do some of these pro-invitational races and and do the things through the iRacing platform. Is that something that you've ever had interest in doing or or hopping on to do a virtual race car?
1: Man, not not really. You know, when I was a kid and, uh, you know, I remember at the roller skating rink, they had a, a, a race car uh, game, and and, man, I – golly you know i think i stayed on that the whole time the skating rink was open you know what i mean and uh fed it a lot of quarters uh <laughs> and i was really good but you know sometimes i'd have an audience people were watching me and you know when they when the skating rink had a all night skate you know they had a pinball competition a foosball tournament they had that race car tournament and i would win it every year but you know the sim racing you know i I, I want to say, I I believe I'm kind of old school, you know what I mean? Because, uh, uh, you know, I, I just think about how cool that is, uh, that, that there's, you know, the sim race and how big it is and how big it's gotten. You know, I look back years past, I remember Timmy Hill coming up to me at a racetrack and he said, hey, David, you to you ought to jump on and race with us on a Tuesday or Wednesday night, you know? And I remember telling Timmy Hill, it's like, man, Timmy, <clears throat> I don't have time for that, man. I'm working on our race cars at a racing school and, <clears throat> you know, maybe I'm doing something for one of my sponsors. But, you know, I never really got involved with racing on a computer. You know what I'm saying? I just something I never really had any interest in or knew anything about, Uh but man, during the pandemic, like you were saying, uh, Dominic, uh, man, I was so entertained. I was so entertained by sim racing. It was on on NBC, you know, our NASCAR superstars were racing. I thought it was pretty cool. But uh, but I just think I just think it's just pretty awesome. But uh, you know, I had a lot of people texting me and calling me and say, "Hey, man, why ain't you one of the guys racing?" And, you know, and and what I would tell them was, I mean. Do you think I'm just going to go get a simulator and just plug into iRacing and think I'm going to beat these guys? I mean, Timmy Hill has been doing this for years, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, it looks cool, and I'm watching it on TV, but it's harder than it looks, you know what I mean? And then, uh, you know, i seen – y'all seen what i seen, and then you uh, – you know, they started bringing in Clint Boyer and Jeff Gordon. <laughs> You know, I was like, man, I was so entertained by Clint. And I'm thinking, hell, that's me right there. You know what I mean? Hell, he wasn't very good at it. That's me. You know what I mean? So, anyway, I just thought it was awesome that NASCAR, uh, you know, NBC, Fox, whoever it was, and all the drivers, I don't know. It it was. I was really looking forward to each week after they put that on television. I thought it was the coolest thing. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and uh, it – The speculation is out there, David, that with more one day shows continuing to happen and the networks looking to fill the time from practice and qualifying sessions that they're talking about working with iRacing to do some sim racing to air on the networks and what would normally be those practice and qualifying sessions, maybe some races, maybe run a practice or qualifying session of some sorts on the iRacing. What do you think about that? Do you think it could be a legit substitute for practice and qualifying? You know, uh,
1: you know, I don't really know. It would be something that remains to be seen. Uh, you know, during the pandemic and, you know, when there was no sports going on, you know, I thought it was pretty cool to really spot, it really put our industry and our sport of NASCAR racing in the spotlight because there was nothing going on. And I thought that was a beautiful thing. I thought that was, I was proud of NASCAR and I was proud of the drivers that were participating in it. Um, you know, and the way I look at the sim racing today is, uh, <clears throat> you know, I'm always, you know, being from Houston, Texas, uh, there's a short track there, Houston uh, Motorsports Park. Gina Shoud's doing a great job promoting the racetrack. And and I'm always, you know, even, even when I get done racing, no matter where I'm at in the country, I'm looking for a dirt track. I'm looking for a short track, asphalt track somewhere. I, like, I love to go to the local races and to see what's going on and how many new people, how many kids are out there racing, how many car count. Because I always look at, you know, you got to have, you got to feed NASCAR. The talent comes from the local dirt tracks. It comes from the local asphalt racetracks. And, you know, sometimes I'm concerned because I hear more about these short tracks around the country. Even the racetracks I grew up racing in Oklahoma and Texas, I want to say over 60% of them are gone today. You know what I mean? That's concerning to me. And when I saw the iRacing on television, it really it man, I had a lot of stuff going on in, in my, you know, in my head what I thought about it. And one of the things I thought about was, man, what a way to show young kids, you know, hey man, get on i racing and compete against each other. You know, people from all over the world could jump on that race against each other. But I think that's cool when you're really good at it. And you love it that much, and you're passionate about it. Maybe that 10 year old kid or that 14 year old kid will say, "Man, Dad or Mom, I want to go to a real NASCAR race. I want to go to a local short track. I want to go." You know, it kind of it's kind of a, a way to bring in new people to expose them into our sport and to have the future of you know future racers. You know, maybe it drives a you know a 12 year old girl or a 14 year old kid to the local dirt track gets them involved. And next thing you know, you see them doing really well and they climb the ladder next thing you know, they're a NASCAR. So I think not only sim racing, I know it entertained a lot of people because it entertained me, but the, but I think the bigger picture is it's kind of a, an avenue to bring expose our sport, you know, whether you make it to NASCAR IndyCar racing or not, but I think it brings kids to a local racetrack and, whatever part of the country they live in. So I think that part of it is awesome. You know what I mean? And uh, so I think everything we're talking about sim racing, uh, even though I don't personally do it, I think everything about it is a positive, great thing.
2: I think you're absolutely right, Dave. And I think with what Tyler's talking about too, how next year, might be more of a staple, something we see on NBC Sports Network or Fox Sports One. And if they're expecting some of the drivers in the Xfinity and Truck Series to be a part of these races midweek, it sounds like we're going to have to get trained up. Get you trained up on doing some of these sim races.
1: Absolutely. You know, there's a there's a local racer down in Houston, Texas named uh, Ryan Luza. and uh, you know I didn't know this, but uh, I was down there watching him race not that long ago, and and. Uh, his uh, his cousin Eddie loses a friend of mine, and uh, Eddie said, "Hey man, you uh, Ryan's racing tonight. I racing. If he wins, he wins a hundred thousand dollars." I said, "How much?" He said, "If he wins, he wins a hundred thousand dollars." I'm like, you know, I couldn't believe that Eddie was telling me this. You know what I mean? So these eye racers that are really good and they have been doing it a long time, these guys are really, really good at eye racing. And Ryan Luzer is a really great race car driver, uh, a real race car driver. And he's a really great one of the stars in his iRacing deal. And I had no idea that iRacing, that, that if you won the championship, there was that kind of money involved. So, man, you're talking about this i racing stuff. It's big. You know what I mean? And, and uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, Dominic. To to if you saw the I racing like you said to 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 kind of cover up for maybe not having qualifying and not having practice so it's a lot to, that remains to be seen yeah. so we'll see what the future holds but I think everything that I know about I racing is is a great thing for the industry
0: well uh, Dominic already got you a uh, star David Star podcast car designed and everything ready for you <laughs> when you're ready to do. Uh, semi-racing, we'll uh, definitely have that set and, and uh, good to go. Come
1: I know forward. one thing
0: Clint Boyer
1: entertained the heck out of me, man. I laughed and laughed. I, oh it
0: was, yeah, It was,
1: man, unbelievable. You know what I mean? Heck he that. Got
0: a, he got a job out of it, pretty much. Well,
1: uh, absolutely, and the drivers were getting mad at each other. It, it, was, uh, it was it it was was real, you know what I mean? It was pretty cool. <laughs> oh, no. It
2: was, yeah. Dave, if you're ready to take that plunge, we'll help you get trained up. I do run, not in an iRacing league, but in its predecessor, NASCAR Racing 2003 season <laughs> in Ryan Lusk's BRL league. So he told me to give you a personal invite. We'll get you trained up for for the iron racing stuff.
1: There we I'll go, be, man. Let's let's we can all do it. There you go. Hey,
0: okay, there we go. I'll <laughs> I'll jump in too. We'll we'll all race against each other. uh David, a couple more things before we get out of here today. Time for our NASCAR news and notes. Dominic, what do we got this week?
2: So every week on this podcast, we break down some of the top headlines around the sport and around our industry. One of the top headlines: Noah Gregson will be attempting the Daytona 500 come 2021. Gregson will be attempting to make the Beard Motorsports entry into the Daytona 500, attempting for his first Cup Series race alongside Chase Briscoe. Gregson replaces Brendan Gaughan, who had been running for that team for the last few seasons. If he's able to make the race, that'll be, again, two drivers, him and Chase Briscoe, making their Cup Series debut in NASCAR's biggest race.
0: Let me me ask you real quick before David jumps in is Hendrick going to back him on that or is it just the, the equipment of that team?
2: So I I don't recall for sure, but I know in the past that team has had some Richard Childress backing with engines. I know Brandon gone was able to leverage his relationship with RC on being able to get some decent equipment. So that, I don't know. That's a really good question.
0: What do you think
1: David? Well, you know, I'm excited, you know, uh, that's a good opportunity for Noah Grayson because, uh, You know my buddy Brendan Gaughan, who uh, hopefully is going to be one of our guests here real soon on our on our podcast here. Man, Brendan, he was so entertaining in that car. I mean, you know, uh, you guys remember. You know, he had a shot of winning the Daytona race, uh, not Daytona Talladega. And when I would watch him, because he's a personal friend, uh, that Beard Motorsports race car, they would run those super speedways. And man, I was always watching Brendan because he's a he's a great race car driver. And man, he. I'm like, man, he's going to he's gonna pull off an upset here, you know. I really thought watching him in some of these super speedway races that he had a shot at winning, and, and you guys saw him. Uh, you know, I think Brad Keselowski was pushing him down the back straightaway, and, you know, I think at the time that he flipped with only a lap or two remaining, uh, you know, that Brad was pushing him to the lead, you know. So, uh, you know, I think that's a great opportunity for Noah Grayson, and, uh, you know, I think that car is going to be fast. I think they're going
0: to do well. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Brendan, he, he's the reason why we know all about the uh, South Point Casino in Vegas. I mean, so, uh, we'll definitely have to hook that up one of these days. But i uh, excited for Noah to get that chance. What else we got, Dom?
2: I will say they have a great bowling alley there. I took my fiance Kim, a couple of years ago. We ended up going to the bowling alley. We had a really good time there at the South Point. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of fun there. But how much does your favorite NASCAR driver make? According to the website, Mark, go watch. They released the top five earners for the NASCAR 2020 Cup Series season. Martin Truex Jr. earned a combined $11.5 million in earnings this last year. Kevin Harvick, fourth at $12.2 million. Denny Hamlin, third most with $14.6 million. Jimmy Johnson, $17.6 million combined earnings. And Kyle Busch earned the most with $17.8 million. So again, this is according to go ranking the five highest earning drivers in the NASCAR cup series, active drivers. That is
0: David. Is that kind of the numbers you thought it'd be? <laughs> man, uh, it's uh
1: that's impressive, man. Wow. You know, that's, that's, that's impressive. That says a lot about our sport, uh, you know, NASCAR and, and, and our, our, our sponsors, you know what I mean? And, uh, Man, that's uh, – wow, that's impressive. Uh, the only thing I'm disappointed with that list is I'm not anywhere close to it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's about you know, that's about right, you know, with, uh, you know, those top guys. Uh, you know, you're talking merchandise. Uh, you know, our, our sport with the following and the fans and uh, the merchandises and race winnings and uh, the endorsements, it, it's uh, – I'm proud to hear those numbers, you know what I mean, because uh, that's that's really uh, that's pretty strong for those those top five guys. And uh, that's pretty awesome.
2: Some other NASCAR headlines, too, from this past week. We might have another rookie running for rookie of the year in the Cup Series, according to Adam Stern of the Sports Business Journal, Anthony Alfredo is in talks with Front Room Motorsports to try and possibly fill the vacant seat in the number 38 car. If he is chosen for the ride, he would be replacing John Hunter Nemechek, who moved down to the NASCAR Truck Series for 2021 to run with Kyle Busch Motorsports. Alfredo ran some races for Richard Childress Racing in 2020 in the Xfinity Series, posting nine top ten finishes in 19 races.
0: David, what do you think about uh, Alfredo potentially going full-time in Cup with Front Row? You know, I think for him that's
1: a that's a good opportunity. You know, Front Row Motorsports, John Hunter Nemechek, man, he was impressive. I was impressed with him this year. Uh, you know, he had some great runs, and uh, if you paid attention to him, uh, I mean, I remember uh, Kansas City. Uh, you know, he was, you know, he was running in the top ten a lot of the race, and uh, you know, I just think Michael having a teammate like Michael McDowell. And uh, you know, and, and how good that team's ran, and, and to see what John Hunter Nemechek did this year in that car, I think that's a huge opportunity. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, hopefully that works out for him. And uh, you know, whoever gets that ride will, it, it will. Uh, you know, that's that's a good opportunity there, and uh, hopefully it all works out for him.
0: Yeah, certainly. So, Dom, I
1: believe
2: we have one more, one more news and notes headline from this past week the money team is potentially one step closer to hitting the track in 2021 that's the team that is co-owned by floyd mayweather they are in advanced talks according to again adam stern the Sports Business Journal, on forming a new partnership with Spire Motorsports that would potentially help pave its way and make their debut in NASCAR's Top Series in 2021. This is a team that has been talked about over the last couple of years. There's been some renderings out showing that they could take the number 50 car in the Cup Series. No driver has been announced. Nothing else has been said on this. Again, speculation at this time. But if Adam Stern is reporting on it 99 out of 100 times, it is correct. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and David, we already know about Michael Jordan uh, being an owner this upcoming year. That'd be big to have Floyd Mayweather, another uh, big-time sports figure involved in uh, the NASCAR community.
1: You know, that's, just, uh, that's really cool, you know, uh, having, you know, obviously Michael Jordan and, uh, you know, to come into our sport with Denny Hamlin, to have, a, you know, a team like they're going to have and have Mayweather, uh, Floyd come, you know, talk about, you know, I've heard these rumors, but... You know, it just says a lot about our sport uh, that other superstars from other, you know, sports uh, want to be part of our industry. You know what I mean? And I just think it's just it's good for all of us that are involved. You know what I mean? It uh, it just lets our know, lets everyone know uh, the health of our sport is doing well. And uh, these superstars, again, of these other major sports, uh, want to be part of our NASCAR racing. So I think everything is wonderful about it. Uh, and I think it's good. And uh, I got my fingers crossed that it works out for him. You know what I mean? I think that'd be a great partnership. Yeah.
0: That'd be, uh, that'd be great to see. And uh, I think
1: before- it would also bring, you know, it would bring, you know, bring new, new, new eyes to our industry, new people watching, you know what I mean? So uh, I think having Michael Jordan as an owner uh, is really going to really, grow our sport, you know, and what do you mean by grow it? Because it's already massive and has a big following, but, you know, I think we'll see a lot of, a lot of, uh, lifetime NBA fans, you know, that really, uh, really focus on NASCAR now because of what Michael Jordan's doing in our industry. So I, I think it's just, I think everything, everything about these stars wanting to be owners in our industry I think everything about it's a great thing for all of us.
0: Oh yeah, I mean Brad Daugherty's been great for the sport for a long time now, as a, as a former NBAer, and and you raced for Randy Moss in the Truck Series, so uh, the more the merrier. That's uh, that's uh, great to see. So, David, before we get out of here today, time for our uh, final segment. Ask David where you submit questions to us on Facebook, Twitter, and also in the email inbox at uh, starpodcast gmail.com is where you can send us uh, some mail there. And uh, our first question, it, uh, it comes from Troy and Troy says, you mentioned earlier, David, about that uh, back in the day at the roller rink that you'd play the NASCAR video game and such. Well, uh, Troy wants to know, do you still go roller skating? I bet you know (laughs) who's asking this, LOL.
1: (laughs) That's awesome, man.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's
1: That's a great question. You know, uh, man, you know, for most people that don't know, you know, every, you know, uh, when I was a little kid growing up, you know, everybody goes to the roller skating rink and, uh, you know, I think I might've been five, six, seven years old, but, uh, you know, it's pretty, pretty, pretty bad when the people that own on the roller skating rink tell your parents, hey, don't bring this kid back anymore because he's terrible, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, I was fast skating, knocking people down and getting into fights, you know what I mean. And, uh, and uh, so they kicked me out, couldn't, you know, I don't remember how long it was, but when they finally allowed me to come back to the skating rink and next thing you know, I'm, I'm back to my same uh, – you know, back to my same uh, problems, uh, you know, the the when the uh, owners of the skating rink called my parents again to come get me, uh, they said, y'all should consider putting David into speed skating. You know what I mean? He has a lot of energy. And uh, so uh, they did. Uh, so, you know, for uh, that's how I burned off a lot of energy as a kid. I, I speed skated, you know, and uh, I got pretty good at it. And, uh, man, i raced all over the United States. Uh, you know, uh, speed skating, just, you know, you had relays and individually and, uh, you know, you, it's kind of like NASCAR racing, you're racing against everybody. And, uh, I got pretty good at it and, uh, won nationals, won, won uh, won regionals. And, you know, I got invited to the Olympic training center to train, uh, to go over and, 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 and race for the United States and the Pan American games years ago. And, uh, which didn't work out. Unfortunately, they kicked me out of roller skating because I was already racing, uh, dirt cars, you know, and that's, that's, a you know, that's, 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 uh, another story for another podcast. But, uh, but anyway, do I, do I go roller skating? Uh, in fact, my, uh, a good friend of mine, who's actually one of our sponsors, Bill Knapp Plumbing and Concrete Services, uh, uh, uh Kim Bill Knapp used to skate with me when I was a young kid. And, uh, we talk about it a lot and here about three weeks ago, uh, uh, took my boys roller skating, you know what I mean? And, uh, it, it's a lot of fun, but man, you're talking about a great workout and, you know, everybody talks about Morgan Shepard, you know, he's sometimes you see Morgan break out his roller skates at the, uh, at the racetrack and, you know, and, uh, I'm thinking in the back of my head that these people only knew <laughs> that I'm a champion speed skater, you know what I mean? They'd probably give me a hard time, but, uh, I mean, when I see Morgan uh, roller skating over the years, I'd always kind of chuckle in the back of my, you know, laugh at, at myself uh, because uh, you know I really wanted to be out there, have my skates too, and go out there and skate with him. <laughs> but uh, but yes, I, I still uh, I uh, I go every once in a
0: while, and uh, and uh, my kids love it, so it's kind of fun. That did not go where I expected it to. Shame. I want to about David today. I'm not much of a roller skater myself, Dominic. Are you a roller skater? No,
2: I could probably pick it up if I really tried, but I'd probably fall on my butt like a good 200 times before I mastered it. Not even mastered, just get the hang of it.
1: <laughs> man, we uh, went over my parents. You know, we man, we went. You know, and kind of, you know, the hub of NASCAR racing uh, is uh, you know Charlotte, North Carolina, and we used to go to High Point, North Carolina. You know, and I remember when I would go over to that part of the country. You know, I was always thinking, man, I want to go to Richard Petty's shop. You know what I mean? Right. Because I knew Level Cross was not too far from High Point, but you know that part of the region. You know, years ago when I was a kid, you know, roller speed skating, roller skating was a big deal in that part of the region. They had a lot of probably talented, fast guys from that from that part of the country. You know, but we we skated all the way from California to to North Carolina, you know, speed skating, it was amazing, you know, and uh, it's kind of cool, some of the people i uh, that i skated with over the years, you know, transitioned over to, uh, to ice skating, and actually, actually made it to the, you know, skated for the USA Olympic team, you know, Chad Hedrick, ones that comes to mind, and, uh, but, you know, it was a great time, it was competition, you know, most of, a lot of things I did, you know, me and my brothers, obviously, we played all kinds of sports, but, you know racing and competing against others was just something that was just kind of built into us you know and i raced on skates it was cool as a kid you know
0: (laughs) that's great uh one more for you this one's from kenny kenny writes ever think about coming to pennsylvania to shake down a northeast modified
1: man that's uh you know that's probably uh uh, that's kind of, that's probably Kenny Brock, a, a friend of mine. Uh, uh,
0: yes, uh, it is, by the way.
1: Yeah, you know, he's uh, he's a great race car driver. He races as Northeast Modifieds, and uh, I'm a big fan of his. And actually, when I was up uh, in Reading, Pennsylvania, you know, a year, or year and a half ago, visiting missing uh, Rich Fix, you know, another sponsor of ours, uh, that alarm, that, uh, you know, uh, Uh, they were friends with Kenny and they took me over to his uh, race shop and got to check out his race car. But uh, man, when I sit in those race cars, those Northeast modifieds, man, you're sitting way up high. It's open wheel. It's so different from what I'm used to racing and what I grew up racing. You know what I mean? So those Kenny is really a great racer and all the people that he races against. And that series up there in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, uh, you know, New York, those guys, I mean, you look at Stuart Friesen, Kenny Brock, you look at all those guys, those guys are good, they do that, a lot of them do it full-time, they make a living at it, you know what I mean, and uh, I, I can't wait for the opportunity of uh, to jump in one of those race cars just to kind of see what it's like, but man, it's kind of, it's way different from what, I'm, from what I'm used to, you know, and uh, man, those race cars, they're some serious machines, and man, they they got those big blocks in them and god they they're fast man they're fast and they put on one heck of a show you know and uh uh I can't wait to jump in and maybe drive Kenny's one night and practice in it uh you know I'm afraid if I jump into Kenny's and next thing you know I'm gonna home one or gonna be up there in that part of the country trying to race more often you know what I mean but uh but Kenny, I'm, I'm coming, buddy. I want to drive, want to practice your car sometime. <laughs> Dominic,
2: have you ever hopped in a modified? I never have, actually. The most I've ever done, as far as anything real some go-karts done some GoPro motorplex stuff and some go-kart stuff in Albuquerque. That's about it. Maybe someday. I, I haven't ruled out trying to get behind the wheel of something here at the local racetrack and a colleague of mine. I know he's listening, Rio Thompson. He's actually the head football coach. He and I've talked about trying to build a car next year when the pandemic dives down. So maybe we'll, we'll hop behind the wheel and kind of go for the owner's championship and get behind the wheel. Both of us.
0: That's great. That's a great to see. I, I, I know people that race modifies, but I've never done it myself. I'd love to have the opportunity to do so. Guys, we got to run. That's episode five of Let's Go Racing with David Starr in the books. We are one month into this show, guys. It's been a lot of fun doing this each and every week. And a reminder, as always, you can subscribe to Let's Go Racing on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, also on YouTube. Make sure to leave us a five-star review. We certainly would appreciate that. On social media, Facebook.com, David Star Podcast, Twitter, Star Podcast, and uh, on email, you can uh, write to us at starpodcast at gmail.com. Dominic, what's on the racing experts this week?
2: We'll continue to cover the daily happenings of our sport, and we say it every week, follow us on Twitter. We do a lot of giveaways with some autograph memorabilia and some race-used materials. So if you like to win some NASCAR race-used material and autographs and anything that you can think of around the sport, we're your go-to place. All you got to do is just follow
0: and play by the rules. David, we begin a new year later this week, and for you, this is when it really gets down to crunch time. We're, we're, We're counting down the days of Daytona now, huh?
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, uh, you know, I was on the, on the phone all day today with some of my sponsors and talking to some new companies and, uh, you know, trying to get in touch with uh, some companies and some people. You know, right now, after Christmas is over with and until, you know, New Year's, you know, a lot of people aren't working right now. You know what I mean? So it's kind of, uh, you know, like I got to have some couple meetings tomorrow and, uh, man, it's uh, I surely, I I love Christmas and enjoyed Christmas. And uh, man, this morning, man, I was up bright and early and on the phone, and uh, you know, just uh, trying to uh, trying to just to get with our sponsors, and uh, you know, we we want to have some news to release here in the next three, four, or five weeks, and what what our season looks like in two thousand and twenty one. And you know, I hope every all our listeners, first of all, thank you for spending time listening to us talk about what what we guys love and i know if you're listening to our podcast you love racing as much as we do and i want to thank you for listening to us you know i'm, I'm honored that somebody would would uh would you know get on our podcast and 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 listen to us so thank you i hope everybody had a merry christmas and i you know and i I know we're all looking forward to uh, 2021, you know, I, I don't think there's ever been a year where uh, uh, that we're all going to celebrate as is, is best and, and to be excited to see a year move on and move on to 2021. So I hope everybody has a happy new year. And uh, I'm looking forward to good things for everybody in 2021.
0: No doubt about it. We will put the checkered flag out on 2020. Appreciate everybody for stopping in and joining us on another edition of Let's Go Racing with David Starr for Dominic Aragon and David Starr I'm Toddler Jones saying so long. We'll see you next year here on Let's Go Racing. Wait for the man to get ready. Stand in the lines